The following is a fourth-hand production. And he had a... This light shot! Now you want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eye. That's it. I've had it with this dump! We've got no food, we've got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off! I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to park. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello and welcome to the Have You Seen This podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Wilson, here with my co-host, Jake Spencer. Heyo! And this is a podcast where we take turns each week, recommending a movie the other one hasn't seen to watch during the week, and then we discuss it during the podcast for the show. This week we are talking about 1988's Bloodsport, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme as Frank Dukes, Donald Gibb as Ray Jackson, Leah Ayers as Janice, Bolo Young, or Ying, I don't know how to pronounce that, as Chung Lee, Forrest Whitaker as Rawlings, and Norman Burton as Helmer, directed by Newt Arnold. This movie follows Frank Dukes, an American martial artist serving in the military, who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where he fights to the, or where fights to the death can occur, and as, uh, it says serving in the military decides to leave. He's not leaving like leaving the military for good. He's, he's just, gone AWOL. He's committed AWOL going absent <laughs> without leave. So uh, I thought that was insane. Uh, yeah. So, you know, this was a movie for me, Jake, that played on like TBS and TNT a lot in like the 90s uh-huh. and early 2000s. And it would come on at like 11 p.m. At night is like a like a late night action movie. Yeah. Um, so anytime, I mean, I watched it one time. I had no idea it came on like, and I came into it like halfway through. It was like the tournament part had just started, so I hadn't seen anything prior to that. Uh, but it was just that kung fu montage that they do. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it from there to the end, and I had no idea what the movie was called. I knew who Jean Jean Claude Van Damme was. But I didn't know what the movie was called. Didn't really know what the premise was other than he was fighting in this tournament. You know, once I found out through it, I mean, it was just on TV all the time. It just kind of became like a synonymous thing with like summer. Like I would watch it during the summertime when it was on TV. um, Just hanging out by myself because there's not really anybody in my family that would enjoy this type of movie. Maybe my dad. Um my sisters wouldn't like it. I don't think my mom yeah. would be super interested. Doesn't seem like it was their it would be their speed. No. Um So yeah, so you know, it's just a, it's just a kind of a happy nostalgic movie for me even okay. with its, it's like ri- like ridiculousness that is in it. That's how it was. That's how the Phantom is for me, honestly. Like I just I love it. I could watch that all the time. Yeah. So uh, were you aware of this movie before you watched it? Uh, by aware of it, I knew it existed. I knew it had Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. That was it. That's all I knew about it. I thought, yeah. I, just, I thought it was just another fighting movie. and I mean, it was, but... I just never saw it. I mean, yeah, I've seen I, a few other Jean-Claude Van Damme movies like Street Fighter. And I'm just like, mm, do I want to watch that? Maybe later. But. Yeah, I can't think of another movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme in it that I've watched. Um, I know he's in one of those Expendables movies with yeah. Sylvester Stallone and all those guys. Yeah, I've never seen any of those either. I've never seen Street Fighter. Oh, uh, he's like he's in like <sighs> some like army movies where he's like this cra- like a like a B-rate Rambo. We're gonna have to do like a a segment or like a month where we watch all of the terrible video game movies from the 90s. Yeah, have you like, cuz you haven't Mortal seen Kombat, you've seen the first Mortal Kombat? Street Fighter. 
Yeah, I've seen the first one. I, we talked I about seen it the uh, second one. last weekend. I did not see the second. See, I've seen the first one many times, and I've seen yeah. the second one once as a kid and I've never went back. Second. Yeah, never seen the second. Street Fighter was terrible. I mean, we'll even throw the Mario Brothers movie in there because that was also terrible. I mean, that's just an idea. Anyways, I, yeah, no. back back on topic. Yeah, Sorry. Note, that, note that idea is a good idea. Yeah. Um, so... Did you enjoy watching this movie, and what were you expecting? So I was expecting a classic, you know, like a Bruce Lee movie, and it kind of was. It was just told differently because there's a Bruce Lee movie that has a tournament that even Bolo Young was in, I think, but Mm -hmm. he was in a Bruce Lee movie or two or three. I don't know. Anyways, um, I didn't expect it to be as story-driven. Yeah. It was a little bit cheesy at times, (laughs) and we'll get into that later. But, yeah, I mean, I liked it. At first, I didn't like it, and I'll get into why, like, the first 15 minutes why in a little bit. But overall, uh, I, yeah, it, it wasn't – it was more or less what I was expecting, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, so, as I said, you know, I love – I mean, I love this movie. It's just a great 80s action movie. It's got kung fu stuff. It's got, you know, the, the ideation of what – like you could just come and go the military if you're like this super badass person <laughs> yeah and they have the two goofy cops that try to go and get him or agents special agents or whatever yeah. they are um it has really great action montages in it yeah with great like 80s power rock songs <laughs> um and that's something like movies like hot rod they, and they, things they, they, they yeah yeah it's like parody homages to stuff like this from the 80s yeah. and then i don't know if this is a hot take or anything but i think chong lee is one of the great evil villains of all time and he doesn't say a, he doesn't really say anything in this movie his yeah. the actor the actor doesn't say anything because I've, all yeah. of his stuff is adr it's it's yeah. post-production but he is so evil in this movie it's he just has no like um remorse yeah remorse for human life or anything like that no respect so yeah i'm actually gonna agree with you for someone who doesn't speak and everything is just body language very very good villain yeah i was very impressed with that yeah and he is he was like 42 in this role yeah that's a fun fact from later but i'll just throw that in now uh 42 um it's got the biggest pecs i've ever seen (laughs) on a man of his size it's like two gigantic boulders sitting on his <laughs> chest, man. <laughs> and then he does a couple of peck bounces every now and then, too. <laughs> so what did you not like? What were some problems that you had with it? Okay, so the first 15 minutes were terrible. Yes. Are you like, talking about the little kid stuff? So there's the kid acting was yeah. just awful. Uh, let's see. The writing for the script was awful. That led to the kids being awful, but... Like, after 15 minutes, when the movie hits its stride, it's it's much better. But the first 15 minutes is terrible. Yeah, those little kid actors are absolutely the worst. Yeah. Um, and then... And then they, uh, they're they also overdubbed. Like, they... Yeah. The... Everything... It seems like everything but Jean, like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Frank Jackson and, like, the main six characters, uh-huh. Janice and the two agents, everyone yeah. else is ADR, like, yeah. dubbed in afterwards. It's hilarious. Um... And then there's like the second thing from the first 15 minutes is when it's like the montage of him training with Shidoshi. Like it's painfully obvious that they're not, they're pulling their punches and it's just like, they're like just slowly swinging at each other. It's just like, Oh my gosh, please just hire a stunt man or something like that. Yeah. Like it was very obvious that they weren't trying to hurt each other. Like I get it. Jean-Claude Van Damme doesn't want to hurt the actor playing Shidoshi get a stunt guy or something or train the guy because that was hard to watch just let him punch the old man yeah or let the old man punch him either way you know because those yeah anyways i've got a few other things that i i mean i guess uh later on the girl reporter loudly whispers that she's undercover yeah like she's a foot away from the guy she's hanging out with he in she's like i've done undercover before what? Why would you just say that? Um, let's see. I wouldn't think the U.S. Army investigators wouldn't contact Interpol 
yeah of some sort um they did try to go to the hong kong police they did do that um uh, what's his name ray jackson when he's first yeah. introduced i'm just like oh obligatory american douchebag annoying guy yes I, I even wrote prediction he dies early i am pleasantly surprised that he was wrong had char- <laughs> had very fast character growth and he's and i wrote down he's weirdly supportive of frank like yeah, dude. immediately it's he because he's, asked, he saw he saw jean-claude van damme do them splits dude yeah. <laughs> that's or what it is he gets he gets his ass kicked in the karate game and i'm just like okay something's gonna happen here they're gonna fight i'm just like no he just pulls up and respects him for it okay hey man you know you know raging is such a is such a childish move there's no reason to rage yeah. I just, just expected just shake this hands. guy shake hands and yeah. good game. I, I, you know, I just, but I just expected him to be like the obnoxious American guy. I'm just like, oh come on. I mean, he was. He, he, he was, was the at whole first. Time. Even when he's fighting, he's pretty just classic arrogant, stereotypical yeah. Uh, yeah. American. Uh, it's so, ultimately what leads to his downfall too. But <laughs> the stuff that I have written down is. So what is the legality exactly of the Kumite? Yeah. Because because Janice, the reporter, is trying to get the scoop like it's an illegal event. Yeah. Um, but then the guy Jackson and Dukes have said uh, he was sent by the IFAA. Mm-hmm. So it's like International Fighting Agency a, something or something yeah. like that. So it's like a sanctioned event. So mm-hmm. is this legal or is this illegal? It's pretty, it's pretty vague about yeah. that. Um, Frank's first fight. He breaks the KO record of 14 seconds with a time of 12 seconds. Yeah. Despite the match taking way longer than 12 seconds for him to I knock know. the guy out. He's yeah. like, that dude laid on the ground for like, like 10, 15 seconds before he tried yeah. to fake him out and, and jump up and, and fight him. Yeah. Um, when the, when the two guys finally catch up to Frank Dukes, mm-hmm. the two agents, they say, Uncle Sam has a lot of money invested in you, so then they pull out two tasers that they specify shoot 50,000 watts apiece. <laughs> so we're just going to yeah. zap you with these two 50,000, 100,000 volts of electricity because yeah. the United States government has a lot of money invested in you. Yeah. It, speaking of that chase scene, I wrote down, I put it under my favorite parts. That is the weirdest song choice for like a chasing through Hong Kong scene. And he was being tongue in cheek about it. Like, ha you can't catch me. So I'm just going to goof around. I'm just like, what tone is this movie trying to convey? I'm like, uh, I'm confused, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I don't, there wasn't much of a tone direction. It's like real serious in parts and wants to be taken as like a serious fighting movie. Yeah. And then other parts, it's like this goofy comedy. Yeah. Um, I said Jean-Claude Van Damme's acting in this movie is very bad. It's very bad. Oh, yeah. Um, I've heard as he gets goes on in his career that he gets better. Like I said, I've never seen any other ones. Uh-huh. But, like, he's not as stiff and uh, whatever. And this one, I said he just looks like a – he just looks like a buff cardboard man saying lines. <laughs> like, he just That's is – Pretty accurate. There's so many just bad line deliveries. That whole – the whole part when they're in the hospital um, after Ray gets fights Chung Lee yeah. and she's trying to talk him out and he's just like, you don't understand. This is what fighters do. Yeah. And things <laughs> like, I mean, it's just very bad. Yeah. You'll see better acting in Power Rangers. <laughs> in the final, or not the final, but the big, uh, the big brute guy that Jean-Claude Van Damme fights has been Anaconda squeezing everybody to defeat yeah. them. I said, uh, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme beats him, but I said the below-the-belt shot is a cheap move, and not a, I'm not a fan of that strategy by the hero to win a match. Because, I mean, I know it's all it's all no-holds-bars, full contact or whatever, yeah. but, you know, you know, respectful fighting etiquette says you don't punch somebody in the nards, man. That's, that's yeah. a cheap move. And on, on that note of cheating, I, sa- I wrote down on... On one section says it's full contact, but surely there had to be rules against blatant cheating, like at the very final fight, you know, Chong Lee with the, the, whatever he it's blows like in his face. Pill powder or something. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I was just like, that was obvious cheating. 
Yeah, and it's, it wasn't even like slick. He like uh, blows like a when uh, Uma Thurman and Batman uh, and Robin <laughs> blows the pheromones all over the place. It's just yeah. like that. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. And then Ray during Chong Li during the Chong Li fight celebrating way too early mm. to allow Chong Li to get his bearings again. Yeah. And then and then uh, on the opposite side of that, Chong Li stomping his head and the movie acting like Jackson is dead only to find out forty five seconds later the doctor's like, Meh, you'll be fine in a week. Yeah, exactly. Like they build up that huge dramatic moment and it would have been good motivation for him to keep going and you know, kick Chong Li's ass later. Just to be like, oh, you just have a head injury? You're going to be fine? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's just slamming beers in the <laughs> in the hospital with a bandage on his head. Like 35 minutes later, he's like, yeah, he'll be yeah. cool. He'll be cool. I lost, but I'm, I'm still good. I don't understand the purpose of the vert ramp platform at the end. Yeah, I uh, don't, I mean. How they sunk the middle of it. I don't know if it's to keep him in the middle or uh, there's like a high ground. Anakin, I have the high ground strategy I've, with that. I have no idea. Um, I'm just going to... I didn't look it up. I should have, but I'm just going to... Yeah, I'm not going to even try to, to pretend like I know what it is. I just assume it's because it looks cool. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't see what purpose that could serve. And then, uh, like, kind of what you said earlier, Janice bugs me, the reporter. Yeah. Uh, she turns Frank into the cops. Frank yeah. Dukes into the cops, tells him where he'll be, where the uh-huh. Kumite is. Because she doesn't want him to get hurt. Yeah. But then anytime you see her watching Frank fight on the sidelines, she loves it. she's like um, Ralph Macchio, the, the girl in uh, yeah. the first Karate Kid, cheering him on at the, yeah. the All-Valley Tournament. Yeah. It's, it's not something that it does not look like someone that cares whether or not Frank Dukes lives or dies. She's like, All of that worry's gone out. She wants to uh, support this hunk of a man that she's met for a week before <laughs> yeah like uh, they're honestly they could have cut her scenes out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all i mean except for the cops finding him but like her character was just weird and kind of out of place yeah i mean it's just the kind of the whole kind of what is it trope of an action movie in the 80s yeah the the woman character is in there to be a love interest of the yeah. man, it and to totally show how, forced. Show how cool Jean Claude Van Damme is, yeah, uh, stuff like that. He's got to sh- you got to show that he can handle himself with the ladies. Yeah, because he can barely speak English, so he's got to <laughs> he's slick with the ladies. Even in uh, off topic about Street Fighter, even in that he's he's like an American Army general, but has a thick accent. <laughs> It's like, okay, makes sense. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I but. I don't know the rules. I don't know if there's what kind of rules are about like uh, if you if you 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 know immigrate to America and become a citizen, joining the military. I don't know yeah. if there's any rules preventing you from getting to upper ranks. Yeah, I wouldn't think so, but not. it's just hilarious. That yeah, he, um, he's been there. He'd be there long enough to. Uh, attain like a, a high rank and still yeah i mean it's or, like, i guess he was a colonel it's um, like the i mean it's like the running man with arnold schwarzenegger yeah <laughs> you know this is supposed to be you know 2025 new york city and uh arnold schwarzenegger is supposed to be this you know the soldier yeah from america and then <laughs> or i think it's la because i think they're flying over downtown la at the first of that uh-huh. movie and they're like yeah, shoot him down. He's like, I will not shoot them down. They are American citizens. Like, he's this hot shot American, yeah. and then the, you know he's in the fighting and all that stuff, and he's he's just portrays as this like like hardcore American hero, and he's yeah, from, like I think he's from like Austria or something. Yeah, he's got that thick Austrian accent. <laughs> that stuff's funny with because I mean a lot of those actors were uh, some I mean a big chunk of those actors were from other countries. Oh uh, yeah, Dolph is oh. from uh, Russia. Russia, and and obviously you know Bruce Lee, Jackie yeah. Chan from yeah. China. What about uh, favorite parts and lines? So, got? one of my favorite lines I took from it was, "What took you so long?" Like in Ray Jackson's first fight, he's like, "Yeah, yeah," and then and then Jean Claude Van Damme is just like, "What took you so long?" Like trying to just 
Is that isn't that what he says? Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't he uh he doesn't just knock like, him out very fast. Yeah, they're just talking trash to each other. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of funny. I'm like, oh, look at that. He's he's bantering. Nice. Yeah. What took you so long? <laughs> what took you so long? Um. <laughs> I think my favorite, my favorite part of the movie is uh, when the janitor guy steals the gold tooth. He even like bites into it and is like, "Hey, this is solid." And he just He's pockets got blood it. all over it. Yeah, he just, I just, I love that for some reason. It's just kind of there. It's just like, oh, look at that. He's like, okay. I had just Ray Jackson in general. Yeah. Like he's just, you know, kicking asses. He's kicking ass and slamming beers. It's like, yeah. well, it looks like we're almost out of beer. Like yeah. that. He's just that type of a character. Yeah. I said the training montage with Shidoshi where he hits him with the bamboo is similar to the fighting, uh, the Brodesian fighting sticks and hot rod. Yeah. <laughs> Very lethal. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rhodesian. <laughs> Ultimate punch. Shidoshi stringing up Jean-Claude Van Damme on that weird rope device, and then he yeah. pulls it back together and breaks it with his yeah. super splits. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> I wrote that it was a, another very odd song choice for his... He had a bus ride montage or memory montage or something. Yeah. I can't even remember the context of it. I just... I wrote it down uh, and I already forgot the scene. They just had some weird song choices for certain parts. I think it was like an 80s pop pop style song, but it, in kind of like a... In a reflective moment. I wonder if the, how much of that is budgetary. They just didn't have money oh. to license movie, uh, music. I would... I would, yeah, I would think so. Uh, I said the whole flashback montage where he was staring at the katana, like, that <laughs> montage is like 20 minutes long. Yeah. And he's, and he's just, so he's just sitting there staring at that katana, just not keeps moving cutting for 20 back to him. And the lady, uh, Shidoshi's wife, is trying to say, hey, Frank, you can come back and see him now. And he's just staring at the katana, just <laughs> in a trance. Oh, that's too funny. Um, when they get up to the, uh, the door for the Kumite arena for the first time uh-huh. and that guy stops them and then their guide gets them in and tells them that they're fighters from America yeah. and the, the dude goes okay USA I really like yeah. that I like that line <laughs> it makes me laugh whenever it happens and then any... I, re- I have two more um, there's like it was like on the last day where there's like the rich guy he's just like Oh, it's he's like it's not too late. There's no such thing as too late. As he stuffs money in like the officiant's robe guy, yeah. or the officiator robe, and then he's like he sees Dukes come in. He's just pulls the money Takes back. Takes the out. money back. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had kind of just tagging on to what I said about Jackson. They have a surprisingly wholesome friendship. I thought it was just going to be a bitter rivalry because they're both from America, and they had like a weird off. But the way they started off as friends was weird. I'm just like, okay. But yeah, it ended up being way more wholesome. There's, so. there's, not much, there's not much friend character development. It's like yeah. you said, they play the video game, and Ray is just like, I'll follow this guy through the gates of hell. He has <laughs> yeah. to just immediately. He's like, he kicked my ass in this game. <laughs> He's like my best friend now. Uh, I said I said the death touch scene is ridiculous and amazing. Where he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's hits the top brick and the bottom one explodes and everyone is like, okay, yeah, you could fight American, but they don't really make they don't make Ray do anything. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, oh, yeah, we are we know who you are, I guess. Yeah, obviously you're from this guy's, uh, what is it, uh, like a training area because you can break a brick on the bottom. So yeah. Um, and then in that same scene, uh, Chung Lee saying, mm, brick don't hit back, or brick yeah. not hit back or whatever Yeah, he says. Speaking of the brick breaking scene, and then later on when, uh, Ray tries to do it, he just is like, he's like the bottom brick, right? And then he's like, he just breaks the top one. He's like, yeah, that's right. I broke the top brick. And, and then it, he just gives it to the guys. He, yeah. He smashes it over his head. Yeah, and he hands oh it to gosh. him. Let's see. I have a. I mean, I have a few more. I'll try to rapid fire through them. The one guy getting punched, and Ray leans into, and you know the blood flies out of his mouth, and Ray leans into Jean Claude Van Damme and says, "That's why they call this thing blood sport, kid." Like, <laughs> duh. More, more credits. 
I think it's right. It says, I ain't your pal, dick face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, line's man. funny. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. Forrest Whitaker being in this movie, just running around. Every yeah. time every time anybody responds politely to him, he just gets so mad. <laughs> yeah. she, that, she, she's like, uh, the old the older agent asks, has, has Ray been by? And she says no. He and then and it's like Forrest Whitaker's about to jump that old lady to get information out of yeah, her. Yeah, seriously. And the same thing like, happens. She's hiding something. The same thing happens with the Hong Kong police chief. Yeah, seriously. He's like, yeah, I don't know anything about the the Kumite, and he just gets immediately gets angry. And the the white dude's like, hey, dude, calm down. Hey, man, calm yeah. down. There's no, I mean, there's nothing we're gonna do. Calm down. Yeah, it's like we can't do anything. And I just love at the end where after the tournament's over. He just he's already on the plane. They're like, oh, yeah, he just gets like he went AWOL and he just gets a slap on the wrist. You know, Dude, he's a killing machine. Uncle Sam's yeah. invested a lot of money into him. Yeah. Chung Lee saying you are next. Uh, break my record. Now I break you like I break your friend. And the a- the ADR on that guy's saying that it's, just, it's the dubbing. It's so bad. Yeah. It's not synced up. It's just like they just timed it up as best as they could and said, that's yeah, it's fine. Yeah. The slow-mo scream by Jean-Claude Van Damme because he can't see anything. Yeah. I said, that is just a beautiful piece of cinematic art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> His eyes are so wide. He's just, uh, Yeah, he's like, uh, <laughs> He just swinging like it, swinging six, at the air. It's like six different screams. Yeah. In, uh. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets to uh, Chung Li in that final move, and he says, "Say it, say it." He says, "Mate," uh, like a Star Wars alien. Yeah. And then, kind of, my last one is, you know, goes with your. They have a mute. They have like a nice, wholesome friendship. Uh, they're all cutting up and joking about how he made Chung Lee say mate. Yeah. Uh, or mate. I don't know how you say it. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're joking around and laughing about it. And then Ray gets, he's still got that bandage on his head with the blood spot. Yeah. He gets, he's got a beer in his hand and he shakes Jean-Claude Van Damme's hand and gives him like the serious look. And he says, anytime, anywhere you need me, I'll be there. <laughs> Uh, I it's said like the everyone, end of a superhero movie. Everyone needs a friend like Ray Jackson. <laughs> That's all I had for favorite parts and lines. Would you recommend this movie to a friend, Jake? I mean, yeah. If they haven't seen it and they like kind of cheesy uh, 80s action movies, this is a solid one. I enjoyed it, surprisingly. Yeah. I said uh, it's a great one. It's a great one of my favorite 80s action movies. Uh, it's, other than the first 15 minutes, it's pretty well paced. Yeah. It's not exactly. super long. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you come in and it's already started, you won't have any trouble following along. Exactly. Which is probably the first 10 times I watched it, I came in on it like halfway through. Yeah. I didn't see it all the way from the beginning until like Netflix introduced streaming and it was on yeah. streaming the first time. Uh-huh. Uh, it was just a movie that seems like whenever you turned on the TV... It was had been on for 45 minutes already. Yeah. And by then it's already almost over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Does it hold up in 2020, Jake? Not really, but that I mean, I don't think they were going for a, a timeless movie. I yeah. mean, they could remake Bloodsport and still pull it off if they really wanted to. But. Yeah. I said it does for the most part, but but mostly because I said uh I feel like with how popular UFC and like other fighting yeah. championship oh, yeah, you're leagues right. yeah, are yeah, these yeah. days, uh, they could redo this movie with like Jason Statham or somebody like oh, that, like a, like a kung fu action star. I don't, I don't think uh, John Claude Van Damme would be happy about that. He'd want to come back and do it himself as yeah. like a you know, fifty-five-year-old. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone just did a Rambo movie last year. That's right. So they could, yeah. they could, they could, they could bring him back. I'm sure he could still do all the kung fu stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just a fighting movie, so it does hold up. There's. I said there are a few things that are problematic in it, like um, there's two black guys in it, and one of them uh, runs around on the mat like a monkey. That's, yeah. That's pretty bad. Um, yeah. 
And <laughs> they... Yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> and it wasn't even like Kaporia um, or Kapora fighting where it's like the breakdance fighting. Yeah. But Oh, like in Zoolander. Yeah, exactly. No, but like there's actually like a, a style know, of fighting where like they do breakdancing. They're breakdance like fighting. Eddie from Tekken or something like that. Anyways, yeah, I told I didn't act I didn't actually make that connection. I was like that that yeah, was and bad. I was they, like, when they a... show when they show the training of all the guys across the world getting ready for Kumite, that guy is in a tree cracking coconuts with his hand, yeah. chopping coconuts. It's just, yeah, it's a bad look. Rewatchability, Jake. What do you think? I think it actually has some rewatchability. I mean, it's it's fun and kind of cheesy, and I mean, I don't see a reason not to. Unless you absolutely hated it, I mean, I, it's it's definitely rewatchable. Like if I saw it on TV, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd go back to it. I wouldn't change the channel unless there was something better on. But if it was the only thing on, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. And mind. let's be honest, there's not going to be anything better on, dude. Yeah, if Blood Sports on TV, then that's probably the best thing on right there. <laughs> I've seen this movie a ton, so I would, I would agree yeah. that the rewatchability is very yeah. high. Uh, it's just got fun parts in it. Mm-hmm. Um, fun facts. Would you would you come up with some fun facts? I didn't really have much. I just read a little bit about the actual Frank Dukes, but I think you said you were going to talk about that a yeah, little bit more, right? I got a, yeah, we got a segment for that here in a few yeah. minutes. Um, I didn't really have too many, or I didn't have any, really. Well, um, lucky for you, Jake, I do. Oh, good. Hit me with a lot of them. We got some more time to fill. Yeah, so... Frank Dukes was the fighting coordinator in this film, the real one. Yeah. When Jean-Claude Van Damme was cast, Dukes announced that Van Damme wasn't in nearly good enough of shape and put him through a three-month training program. Van Damme, a world championship martial arts uh, martial artist in his own right, called it the hardest training of his life. That doesn't seem right. Hey, man. <sighs> I don't know. You think Jean-Claude Van Damme would lie about something like that? I mean, he probably to make the actual Frank Dukes feel good about his himself. It probably depends on who you ask. If Frank Dukes yeah. is telling you this story, he says that Jean-Claude Van Damme told him that it was the hardest uh, training he's ever had. And if you ask Jean-Claude Van Damme, he said, no, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, he's probably like, yeah, it was a waste of time, but I did it to humor him. Uh, we pointed out earlier that Bolo Young was 42 years old at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was like 26, and they look, yeah. the, they look the same they age. They look the same age. They don't look any That's the dream, man. Yeah. To be 40 and look like you're not barely 30. Yeah, a 26-year-old, you know, yeah. fit fighter man. Yeah, um, that guy's huge. Fighter, the fighter Hussein, which he's kind of like an ambiguous, was he, he's like a, he's like a Middle Eastern, uh-huh. like. The big tall uh, guy? No, no, no. The the one in the bar that Jean-Claude Oh, Van yeah, the Damme first stays. guy who goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's wearing, like, the, the head stuff, the headdress type things that Middle yeah. Eastern men wear. Um, but, again, he's got ADR, and they put, like, a Japanese accent on him. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But when he, was, when he was fighting uh, Van Damme, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, does the elbow to the face and knocks him out in the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that um, actually happened, and he broke the guy's jaw. Oh, my gosh, really? And the scene made it in the movie. So when you see Jean-Claude Van Damme elbow him in the face and he falls, it's because he's actually getting hit in the face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm sure that happens a lot in Oh yeah. You know, fighting movies and, and stuff. And, and a lot of stunt people, like, you know, like the guy, like in Hot Rod, the guy who did the flip over the ice cream truck broke his femur. Yeah. On that jump, he was supposed <laughs> to just hit the ice cream truck and hit, went over it and hit the other ramp. He wasn't supposed to do that. Danger. Oh. Yeah. Midway's hit video game Mortal Kombat 1992 took a huge inspiration from the film and even used Jean Claude Van Damme's character for the parody of Johnny Cage. Oh, that's interesting. Who has a similar similar costume backstory and familiar split punch. Oh, um, wow. I never thought about that. Yeah, according to the game creator, John Tobias, they wanted to make a gritty game based on the film, so mm. they ended up making Mortal Kombat. That's very interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
you over here, you Mr. Video Games. You didn't know that information. I, I'm not a Mortal Kombat guy. I mean, I yeah. played Mortal Kombat 2 back in the day, but that was it. Yeah, I only ever played it when I went to arcade or whatever yeah. growing up. I never had a Sega, so... Let's see. Jean-Claude Van Damme helped edit the film so it could be released. So it oh. could save money, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Frank Dukes never has and does not hold any of the world records listed at the end of the film. Like his own backstory and claims of the Kumite success are all pure fiction. Oh. And that's what I got it for here in a little bit. Yeah, I want to I wanna hear all of it because I read a little bit and I want to hear it all. The flashback runs 10 minutes and 56 seconds is the world's longest flashback event in a film ever. I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if that still holds up. That uh, is but at hilarious. the time, 10 minutes of him just staring at that katana thinking about <laughs> you know his life his life past. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Chong Li says the brick don't hit back after Frank Dukes breaks the brick and enter the dragon Bruce Lee's character says boards don't hit back when Bolo Young's character breaks a board. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know which one came out before. I would assume it was Bruce Lee's because he. he I, don't time, when, I don't know when he died, yeah. By the time 88 happened, uh, by the time Bloodsport was filmed, yeah, Bruce Lee had been dead by then. I have no idea. I'm going to quickly look that up. Pardon okay. the keyboard typing. So usually uh, for this show, we do like a recasting or if we could find other characters uh, that were considered. If we, we discuss if we think that they would be a better fit or if the casting was correct. Um, well, with this movie, I could not find anything about actors other than the people that are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided uh, to text you and tell you that I was going to do a different segment, segment here called Based on a True Story. Okay. Because this movie claims to be based off of real life events at the first of the movie. It says, based off the real-life events of Frank Dukes. He's at the beginning or the end of the movie. Uh, and then when Janice does the, the bow to Jean-Claude Van Damme and he does it back, the screen freezes and says, from 1975 to 1980, Frank Dukes fought into th- in 329 matches. He retired undefeated as the world heavyweight champion in full contact kumite. It goes on to say, Mr. Dukes still holds four world records, fastest knockout of 3.2 seconds, fastest punch with a knockout with 12, or does that say 12 seconds? It's kind of hard to read. No, point, point, uh, point 12 seconds is what it says. Uh-huh. Fastest kick with a knockout at 72 miles per hour. And then most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament at 56. Okay. So, the first the first thing when you when you think about or when you look up kind of the background to this, if any of this was true, some guys broke did some math and broke down how many people would have to be in a tournament for you to knock out 56 guys in a row and win in yeah. a way uh, like a single elimination tournament is made. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, said, it says, in order for Frank Dukes to knock out 56 men in a row in one tournament to win, the number of people in the tournament will have had to be almost infinity. What? Every time you add a round to a bracket, you have to double the com- number of competitors. So oh, 64 yeah. competitors would fight six rounds. 128 would fight seven rounds. To come up out, to come out on top and so on and so on, uh, you would have to add enough people in the tournament for there to be him to see 56 in a row and knock them out. Oh my gosh. To see 56 people. So it says this channel on YouTube figured out the math. Uh, Just to recap, Frankie claims to have posted the number. He fought 56 men in a row and knocked them all out to win the tournament before before purchasing a trophy for himself. I mean, uh, received the trophy. The size of a, uh, the oh size of a local karate tournament for such feat of awesomeness. So if he fought and defeated 56 men himself, it would mean that the following number is fact if he sticks by this fairy tale. And I'm, g- I'm going to try to read this number. Uh, it's a big number. The actual number of competitors in the single elimination fixed for Kumite is... See, it would be... 
see there's thousand million trillion billion what comes after billion trillion yeah what comes after trillion quadrillion so 74 could when we could be totally wrong 74 quadrillion 57 trillion 594 billion 37 million 927,936 people would have to have fought in that kumite for him to knock out 56 people in a row. Oh my gosh. And I could be showing my butt on this podcast reading this and uh hey, not we're not math guys, on my, so <laughs> on my own, but uh, you know, this wasn't the only I mean, I went I saw that multiple times on yeah. on different pages that had yeah. the same number. Um another thing that I had said from 75 to 80 he fought 329 matches but in the movie they specify that the kumite only happens once every five years yeah so from 75 to 80 he would have fought one kumite so does that mean that in that one kumite he fought 329 matches and didn't lose (laughs) one of them yeah that would have been a year-long kumite or whatever cause yeah right under a year it'd be a it would be yeah you know say you fight two people a day that's insane um just interjecting about the bruce lee and bolo young so he was definitely an enter the dragon okay and so bruce lee died in 1973 so this movie came like okay so years later. the the brick does the brick don't hit back line was the homage to the yes. enter the dragon okay yeah that makes sense. I just wasn't sure when Bruce. I don't know anything about Bruce Lee other than he fights like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in one movie, and he gets yeah, a big footprint on his chest. I think that's also Enter the Dragon because that's it? the one with he's the like big going, tournament. He's like he's like going up state. He's like fighting on different levels of the floor in that movie. I Is know that, that one might be the one with which one is the one with Chuck Norris? Is that is that also Enter the Dragon? I don't know. It just was like he, he fights a guy and then he goes up to the next floor and he fights another guy and goes up to the next floor and fights another guy. And one of those guys on one of those floors is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who just kicks him in the chest and then he stands up and has this giant footprint that takes up his whole chest. Oh, okay. I have to look it up. I, I We should probably do a thing where we just watch all the Bruce Lee movies too because I haven't seen like any of them. Yeah. And I saw. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a Bruce Lee film. Uh, was it? Um, you were you were alive in the seventies. <laughs> in the seventies. Um. Another Which thing that I had. Oh, Game of Death is the one with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Um, none of the claims at the end of the movie can be backed by actual records, and the IFAA dissolved, quote unquote before the internet existed. So now it's an organization called the Black Dragon Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, that of which Dukes is one of the like main patriarchs of so the organization. He, so he's he the founding do, member. Yeah, he's like one of the guys that has influence in their records. So the records, you can find his records on the, the Black Dragon Society's website. It looks like <laughs> it was made in like 1995. <laughs> Probably hasn't been updated. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. And then my last thing was that uh, he said that Frank Duke said when put in question of why he was in the Kumite. So in real life, the Kumite was said to have taken place in like the like a Caribbean island. It wasn't in Japan or China or wherever they're at. Yeah. And that he said his involvement in that tournament was part of a plan launched in 1975 to infiltrate the criminal organizations that organized fights. The original idea was to participate in the Kumite and make a few contacts. We initially assumed I would lose, but eventually I became one of the best Kumite fighters to ever participate in the event. And this is not a post from R. I am very badass. This was actually in Martial Arts Magazine. Oh my gosh! So a, a real magazine. I don't know, but oh. it sounds like a R. I am very badass post. It, like it really I, does. Only I only went in there into the boxing ring to get a little bit of a workout. Turns out I'm Muhammad Ali and I beat everybody. <laughs> I just read something where people are even saying that Frank Dukes uh, faked his valor. Like he stole in valor. <laughs> like it says. 
Contrary to his claims, Dukes' military records obtained through Freedom of Information Act showed that he never served overseas, he was never given the Medal of Honor that he claims, or any other award, and that a photograph of Dukes in his military uniform shows his service ribbons out of order, and that um, the Medal of Honor he is wearing is the version given to members of the United States Army rather than the Marines. <laughs> and so like i mean there's a little bit more about it i'm not going to get into it but that's just like another thing to add to all that insanity yeah so it just sounds like you know he's a, a real life version of the guy that writes the book in tropic thunder played uh-huh. by nick nolte yeah and they're like you made up the whole story he's like i'm a patriot <laughs> oh gosh it's like the more you read into this guy the more his story just unravels yeah, and it's it's I mean, goal accomplished. He, uh, I'm sure he was paid pretty well for his work on the movie, and I don't know what type of deal he had with selling the rights to the story and stuff. Yeah. Um, but goal accomplished. Made up a story, sold it, made money. And he, I think he even got yeah. He was also the fight choreographer on Lionheart. Yeah, so props to Frank Dukes. Which I is mean, another Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Classic story of a scumbag that lies and makes a lot of money. Oh, wait. And then The Quest. He also did another Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> Dude, Jean-Claude Van Damme must have just loved him after Bloodsport. Yeah, he's Sport. just like, I love... But, okay, so this guy co-authored The Quest, and which was a movie directed by Jean-Claude and Van Damme. Okay, so he just... Oh, it was directed uh, by it was directed by Jean Claude and Van Damme. What did I say? You said Jean Claude and Van Damme. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I meant he was. I put the and so he starred in it and directed this movie. That's just That's what he he one of his biceps is named Jean Claude and the other one is named Van Damme. So he says, "Yeah, Van I'm Damme. just here directing this movie with Jean Claude and Van Damme. Hey, they're in, they're just... an integral part of moving the camera and my directions." With my hands. Oh, and James Remar is in this movie, the the quest. Oh, dude! Previous episode. Look at us. We're just we're we're just making a, a big old web of fate. <laughs> yeah, and he's in that Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is exactly a coming soon movie. Apparently. Oh my gosh. We're just gonna be dipping into these really bad kung fu action movies. <sighs> yeah, here we go. But that's all I got from for the. I'm sure there was a lot more. I just didn't feel like reading any more about Frank Dukes. Yeah, there's there's so much of that you could just. Yeah. Yeah, and unlike the research that goes into like the secrets of The Shining, going into the secrets of a scummy douchebag is not something that I'm super interested in. Yeah, this is this is just insanity to me. I mean, it, it's funny because like when you just look at uh, the movie and then the, compared to the actual person, it's like he clearly wanted to be the guy in the movie, so made all this stuff up to try to legitimize that. I don't know. Yeah, it's just hilarious. He's a kung fu patriot. I just I need to do that. Yeah, Jake, you just need to uh, do an Irish accent, or yeah, a Scottish Irish accent. Be a say that you immigrated to America and you get some real specific set of skills. Go fight in a thing, and then you have the you have the nationality, the ambiguous nationality down. Yeah, and the white guy fighting in a tournament, beating up all the non-white guys. Yeah, um, you could do that. Okay, uh, and then you make a time machine and go back to the '80s, where a script movie like that would be accepted by yeah. Hollywood uh, at the time. Nailed it. Just make really myself great. famous before I was even born. Yeah, and you got to make sure that they get you a lady in the movie that is a uh, someone that's just entrenched by you um, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. If only that was possible. Perfect. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're, it's an actress, so you're paying her money to do it. She doesn't actually have to do that. That's true. <laughs> so, you, uh, have a, yeah. you have a script, and you just got to figure out what's your uh, specific set of skills, like uh, Liam Beeson. Yeah. You I just need to find somebody to get taken and then use those skills. Yeah. Anyways. So that's all I have. Jake, you have yeah, anything else to add? I don't really have anything else to add to this. I mean, other than it was just... I mean, the movie itself was good enough, and then the backstory is even more of a wild ride, so... 
just hilarious. I mean, I didn't expect any of like the the background. I mean, I didn't know it was based on somebody. And then when I did a little bit of research, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't have anything else to add to it. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bloodsport, 1980, whatever it came out, you know, give it a watch. Yeah. Um, that being said, Jake, you want to go into the movie you picked for next week? All right, next week we are going to watch the Jim Carrey, I think it's Kate Winslet as well, movie um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yep, Jake wants to dip into serious Jim Carrey, so we'll, yeah, or romantic comedy Jim we'll Carrey. Those are those are his unsung good movies. That although yeah, Eternal Sunshine was popular, anyways. Yeah, that's that's the movie for next week. You can find it somewhere. I saw it on Netflix years ago, so it might still be there. Might not. Who knows? Where can we be found? Uh, we can be found on any podcast network wherever you find your podcast we can be found on there um, and then if you want to leave us a message you know hop on itunes give us a five-star review give us a little uh give us a little comment review whether or not you enjoy this uh podcast or not what we could do what you'd like to hear you know we'd be interested in taking requests yeah um any you know any ideas whatever just let us know we like we like constructive criticism or just criticism you can just tell us we suck it doesn't matter i'll read them and then as far as social media we're at seen this have you on twitter and then instagram we are hyst podcast facebook hyst podcast and i can be found on twitter and instagram at ethan tyler wilson with no e in tyler and then jake and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jake Spencer at J-A-E-K Spencer. Until next time, you know, stay safe, wear a mask. Anytime, any place, anywhere, if you need him, Jake will be there. Don't call me. I'm not coming. But Jake will be there for you. I sure will. So until next time, I'm Ethan Wilson. Have a good weekday, whatever time of the universe is in at this time that you're listening to the podcast enjoy it bye you've been listening to a fourth hand joint